Welcome in, What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 206. A ton to do today, and I know we might have some new viewers or some curious first-time viewers based on some of the Aaron Rodgers conversation from our most recent episode. I am uh, not actually going to discuss anything revolving Aaron and what he said about Jimmy Kimmel on today's show because Aaron's going to speak again today on McAfee. Yesterday, at the end-of-season press conference for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers said in quick succession uh, that the Packers, or I'm sorry, the Jets, quote, need to get all the out of the building that doesn't have to do with winning and then immediately said he would address his feud with late night host Jimmy Kimmel tomorrow on the McAfee show so I'm not sure exactly how you square that circle uh but Aaron Rodgers nothing if not lacking for some self-awareness I'm sure will attempt to uh I said last week my guess is he would come on McAfee's show today and play dumb, act like he wasn't alleging what he was obviously alleging, be a little coy, won't be pressed with many hard follow-ups, and move on. Kimmel last night said that he would accept Aaron's apology if he apologized. I wouldn't hold my breath there. And so hopefully we don't need to discuss it on Thursday, but if we do... We'll do it then because he's going to talk later today. Here is what missed the cut for today's show. Missed the cut. LeBron with a dunk of the year candidate. Ja, what a lost, wasted season. Undergoing season-ending surgery on a labrum. And Michigan, the best team all year long. The the clear-cut, most dominant run game, defense, and dominant team. They I don't want to say coast because it was a good game but they win the national championship game in dominant fashion and probably knocked Michael Penix back down to the middle of the NFL draft instead of people were talking about him maybe being a late first-round pick. But where we are going to start today is where we start almost every show this time of year, Demonze, the NFL, the playoffs are set. Go right ahead. Yeah, uh, despite everything you said about the Bills being cooked at 6-6, six and six, they are going to the yep. playoffs and as the hottest yep. team in the NFL right now. So are you excited about a potential round two matchup with the Bills and the Chiefs? I'm hoping for it. And I'm not even hoping for it because for it. I'm gonna I'm not acting like the Bills are some super easy team to beat. That's not what I'm saying. I just think it's the best the best theater. It would be the best game. It also I think the ideal Round two matchups in the NFL are the best ones we could get. Not necessarily what I'm thinking we will get. But the best ones we could get in the NFC are Niners-Rams. That's the best one. That's the team. The the Niners in round one theoretically could play the Packers, Rams, Eagles, or Bucks. The only team that I think could give them a game and the team they're rooting against playing is the Rams. For that matchup to happen, the Cowboys would have to beat the Packers, which they will, and the Rams would have to beat the Lions, which I think they can. So in the NFC, the best matchup we could get is Niners-Rams, 
And then Cowboys-Eagles would be theoretically the best, but the Eagles are so cooked, and we'll talk about them later. Cowboys-Bucks might be a better game. In the AFC, all four favorites winning is the best is the best football scenario. Now, I would like to see C.J. Stroud and the Texans, how far they can take it. But C.J. Stroud and the Texans facing a rested Ravens team, which is who they would face if both the Bills and the Chiefs win their games, is probably a recipe for disaster. The Cleveland Browns facing a rested Ravens team, now that's a different story. The Browns, a divisional rival who has beaten them this year, that would be a really good game. And we will get that game if the Chiefs and the Bills both win. Chiefs-Bills is also the best game. The And the way we don't get that game is if the Chiefs lose. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Or if the Bills lose to the Steelers, which because they're the Bills, they could, but they absolutely shouldn't because TJ Watts out and it's the Steelers who are a very happy to be their team. So let's now, so I am hoping for that matchup. It is the best matchup. It's the best theater. It's two of the best players in the league. And now let's talk about why I was wrong on the Bills. So I did not think that they would get, they could win five straight because I did not think Josh Allen would play five straight clean, good football games. I was right about the second half of that, but they didn't need that to win five straight. And credit to them for that. That was a team that seemed to be coming apart at the seams in some ways, still does have a really weird dynamic between their two best players, Allen and Diggs, that doesn't seem to be fixed in any capacity, and they are winning despite that. And I guess you got to give credit to Sean McDermott, who was coaching for his job this last month and was able to keep it. Now, Bills fans, because they're always mad at me, are mad at me for this opinion, but I believe it to my core, had the Jags won in the 1 o'clock window, then the Bills would have been playing a win and you're the two-seed lose and you're out of the playoffs game. That's what the scenario I thought was going to happen this weekend. The Steelers win Saturday, they did. The Jags win Sunday, they obviously didn't. And then the Bills, it's either two-seed or nothing. If they were playing under those under that context, I think they would have folded after the third terrible Josh Allen turnover. I do. They had the cushion of knowing they're in the playoffs no matter what, and if they lose that game, they're just running back this exact game, Dolphins hosting them in round one, and I think that gave them a little more freedom in that, in that football game. But the Bills are a tricky one, man. Their best player by far is their least reliable player, but he's the reason they won that game, And all aside from the punt return, and also the reason they were positioned to lose that game. The Allen mistakes in that game were cartoonish. The first pick was awful. The second pick... Bills fans trying to be like, oh, it's like a punt because it was fourth down. It was fourth and two. You know, <laughs> the whole like, oh, it's like a punt. That's on fourth and 20 or third and 20. On fourth and two, you're not trying to punt. 
If you're going for it, you're trying to pick up the two yards. Leaving points on the board at the end of the half. Hell, the touchdown pass popped 30 feet in the air. Could have been another in-zone interception. And the fumble wasn't a terrible play by Josh. It was more a great play by Miami. But the flip side to that is his ability to use his legs and get those first downs late in the game was fantastic. He threw for 350 yards. I mean, they it was the roller coaster Josh Allen experience instead of over the course of a month or a season over the course of four quarters. And you just take the Maybe good with the bad. Maybe there is no problem with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They're going to be all right. What do you mean? I, th- I think that in a weird way, that thing that uh, that Stephon Diggs' brother did, Trayvon, I think it was kind of beneficial for the Bills in a sense like, uh, you know, Diggs is always super emotional. I feel like he kind of owes Josh Allen some some niceness for the rest of the season. I don't know, some good grace. Well, he, I think I mean, he's kind of calling him down. Okay, he, I mean, th- listen, he hasn't had a hundred yard game since the week five of the year, week f- six right. of the season. And you, pardon and you, me. D- f- and feel, go, go ahead. ahead. I feel like you know Stephon Diggs, and like by this time he's he's slamming helmets, he's throwing tantrums on the sideline. You know, causing a fuss for the team. But, you know, his brother did that. He's got to lay low for a bit. Okay, so listen, that's an interesting take. Maybe that's the case. Um, He hasn't talked to the media in weeks. It's a weird spot. If you saw when Josh overthrew him on what would have been a 90-yard touchdown, Stephon Diggs was smiling and laughing after it and did, like, the little, like, airplane thing running down the field after, which I thought was super odd. He then also made a huge huge play later in the game. That, to me, is a tenuous spot. But they've won these games despite it. And so it is, if you would have told me that I was going to be wrong about the Bills, I think everyone would have thought, oh, okay, it's because Josh Allen goes unconscious and they rip off this winning streak. On this winning streak, Josh Allen is averaging 220 yards per game, has five touchdowns, five picks, and has an 82 passer rating. It is the opposite of what you would have thought they were going to do. The in the last four games, by the way, since the Kansas City game, it's it, the numbers are actually a touch worse, and so it is a bizarre situation where their best player is playing some of his worst football of the year, and the team is playing its best football of the year, and so maybe that makes them scary because they're winning. They're winning without Josh Allen going supernova which we know he can but they are a puzzling team and bills listen bills fans you're gonna get the chiefs in your building for a shot to go to the afc title game there's nothing you could ask for more than that and we'll see if you guys can close it out all right next all right so the eagles started off 10 and 1 are now 11 and 6 and are being exposed on a weekly basis just lost mm-hmm. to the giants uh, their offensive stars are injured, and uh, you said their defense might be the worst in the league right now. In what world yeah. should they be favored against three? F- favored against your boy Baker May- Mayfield by three points? Well, listen, the Bucks are on not the a road really good team. 
I yeah, of course. But I mean, the Bucks are not a good team, and this is just based in the overall talent of the rosters and what people thought of these teams before the year. But re- you're correct. The right side of this right now is the home dog, and it's not like the Buck. And the other part of this is Baker is hurt, and if you watched Week 18. I mean, he went into the game hurt, got hurt even more in the game. They didn't exactly play great in this football game against Carolina. They won 9 nothing uh, you know, on yeah. the strength of three field goals and a fumble into the end zone by Carolina that, that should have been a touchdown and another touchdown called back. But Philly is falling apart. And so I've got a question that might seem outlandish might seem unfair. Are we sure Nick Sirianni's the coach there next year? Cuz I'm not. I was I was just about to say, man, like what's what's going on? He just he was just in the Super Bowl last year. I don't understand why everybody's like he's about to lose his job, he's losing the locker room. What's what's happened over the last 8 9 months? I'm confused. Okay. All right. So, let's just keep in mind the Eagles trigger historic trigger on coaches. So Andy Reid was there 14 years. They went to a Super Bowl. They went to five NFC title games. They had, I think, nine double-digit win seasons, 10 Super Bowls, okay? He had one down year going 4-12, and and they fired him. You can say two down years because the year before they were 8-8, eight and eight, but only one truly awful year and they fired him. Chip Kelly was 10 and 6 and went to the playoffs. 10 and 6 again the very next year and missed the playoffs. Started the next year 6 and 9 and they fired him before the season ended. Doug Peterson in year 2 won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. The next year won the playoffs and or won the playoffs. Made the playoffs and won a playoff game with a backup quarterback. The next year made the playoffs again. The following year was 4-11, and and they fired him. So Siri, the idea that Sirianni making the Super Bowl buys him massive time is not what their history is. Now, he's never missed the playoffs. He's never finished below 500. But if you go from 10-1... and to losing six of seven to finish your year, including Drew Locke beating you, Kyler Murray beating you, Tyrod Taylor beating you, and then Baker Mayfield in the playoffs beating you, that seat's hot. And let me throw one other wrinkle into this. What if Philly gets on good authority you know, if this job were to come open, this is where Bill Belichick would want to go. Hmm. Stay in the Northeast, marquee franchise, first-round picks all over the defense. His buddy Matt Patricia's already there to give him the lay of the land. Say what you want about Jalen Hurts, better than any quarterbacks Belichick's had since Brady. <laughs> Go from no wide receivers to two star wide receivers. It's something. So, like, Philly right now has these different issues. 
The obvious issue is, of the 14 playoff teams, they have the worst defense. It's objectively terrible at everything. Everyone cooks them. They had a, Shield Kapadia pointed this out, they had a 10-drive stretch against Kyler and Tyrod Taylor. Seven of those 10 went for touchdowns. The defense has no answers. That's not getting fixed this year, okay? That is the obvious flashing red light problem. The next pretty obvious problem is this coach doesn't know what he's doing right now. Can't switch gears. And when I said... I want to see how Nick Sirianni deals with adversity. We know how he deals with success. Like a pugnacious child. How does he deal with adversity? Right now, the answer is not great. We know those things. And then, Demonze, there's the problem that's not necessarily a problem. Let's call it a concern, a question that you almost have to whisper You don't want to say too loud, but it's bigger long-term than any of the other issues I just mentioned for the Eagles. And that's this one. Um, how good actually is Jalen Hurts? Um, are, are, are we sure? Hey, Jalen Hurts, are we sure? Great. The Cowherd brought this up. Or no, was it Cow? No, Kevin Clark brought this up. Pardon me. And it's an interesting take, which is right now, close your eyes and imagine the three best Jalen Hurts moments this year. Just think about what you see when you do that. And then answer this question. Was he playing football or at a press conference? Uh-oh. Dude, we're the, we're, 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 I'm, just, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. When I asked you, this is Kevin Clark's point, but it's a good one. If I ask you, what is, what are your favorite Jalen Hurts moments? Does a play come to mind or does a quote come to mind? That's terrible. Because right now, I think it's a quote. I think it's a few quotes and they're all good. And so, a, a, we, you have to at least. Consider the fact, in college, nobody thought this guy was a franchise quarterback in the NFL. He wasn't drafted like he was a franchise quarterback in the NFL. His first and second year in the in the league, he didn't look like a franchise quarterback in the NFL. This year, with the league's best offensive line, two of the best receivers, he's not playing like a franchise quarterback in the NFL was last year an aberration. It's a concern. Now, the counterpoint to that is watch the Super Bowl. Turn on the Super Bowl and tell me what you think. That is the counterpoint to that. So I'm not saying this is a definitive take, but it's a concern. It's a concern. And so too long didn't listen. Uh, Jalen Hurt, or I'm sorry, the Eagles are cooked. And... Some people say it's the curse of Big Dom. Other people say it's the curse of Sirianni cursing out Chiefs fans. I don't know. Well, you know, it's one or the other, but it's it's gone downhill 
since the, those moments. All right, next, Demonze. So the Dolphins are coming off of two embarrassing losses and are now heading to Kansas yeah. City for their first playoff game. Miami can't beat a playoff team and haven't, hasn't had the whatever. Uh, can't win on the road yeah. and have major injuries. Uh, so congrats yeah. to making it to the divisional round, or do you think it'll actually get a little chippy? You want to celebrate now? Oh, listen, uh, this is what the the Dolphins fifteen days ago were playing, or sixteen days ago were playing to be the number one seed in the conference. If you were to tell the Chiefs two weeks ago who they're going to have to play in round one, the Dolphins would not have been the top pick going into the weekend. They could have been playing in round one, Houston, Indy. Theoretically, Buffalo, but it was going to be very, very difficult for Buffalo to stay the sixth seed. Going in Pittsburgh, if Buffalo had lost that game, it would have been Pittsburgh or the Dolphins. I'm here to tell you I'm glad it's the Dolphins. And it's not because they're no good. It's because they demand the Chiefs' respect and attention in a way Indy or Pittsburgh wouldn't have. And I believe this Chiefs team, with your full res- with your full attention is as good as any team in the league. Think of DeMonze, the worst games for the Chiefs this year. What do they all have in common? Teams the Chiefs uh, didn't take seriously. The Broncos. What do they have? They beat them 15 times in a row, or 16 times okay. in a row. And the Broncos beat them. The Raiders. They'd beaten the Raiders 13 out of 14 games. They didn't take them seriously. Okay. They got them. The Packers, who now are actually good, but at the time looked to be adrift. Packers the Bills. Now, the, the Chiefs have not looked terrible or even looked bad in any of their big games. Now, they haven't won them all. They've lost a lot of them, actually. The Lions game they lost by a point. The Bills game they lost Bills. by Eagles. grand larceny by the officials. The <laughs> Eagles game they lost on a drop at the end, right? The Dolphins game, they, of course, won. Now, the Jags, we'll talk more about them in a minute. The Jags didn't end up being a great team, but that was a team the Chiefs had to take seriously. It was a playoff team from last year, and the Chiefs were coming off a loss. They won that game handily. I think the Chiefs, I really like how the year ended. I There is a symmetry to week one. Chris Jones isn't playing. He's holding out. There's weird vibes. He's in the building. He's in the, and the and then the the kind of that's the week one of the season. Week eighteen, the entire team throws an on-field party for Chris Jones getting his sack bonus that came from the holdout. Go ahead, Demonte. What's up? Sorry. I mean, there's nothing to go ahead on anymore. We covered it with the Chris. Oh, Jones. Oh, was that supposed to be a follow-up? His oh. sack total? No, oh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just giving you. I'm just I, giving you I, that. The, no, so <laughs> I uh, so listen, I like that. And now you got it. We got to see if the health situation for Wanya Morris and Donovan Smith. There are two left tackles. Donovan's been injured. Wanya got a concussion in this game, but given the Dolphins' injuries on the edge. If there's any team you can deal with some shaky tackles against, it's Miami right now. And I'll be very curious. I, I'm going to go ahead and bet Tyreek doesn't talk a lot of mess this week. Yeah. I think Tyreek, the, and Tyreek, by the way, he got lost in the shuffle of the Dolphins' Bills ending. Uh, 
And on the play that Ty- they called the pass interference penalty, Tyreek dropped the ball, but they called pass interference a minute 20 left, so nobody cared. If he caught it, I think he scores a touchdown. Instead, it was a stone drop, and two plays later, two was throwing into double coverage uh, to chase Claypool, and they lose the game. And so I like the spot the Chiefs are in. I like that it's going to be the hardest path possible. And I think once everybody takes a deep breath and realizes, all right, we're now here, and you have a, for the most part, healthy Chiefs team with the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had, Mahomes still being Mahomes and Andy Reid still being Andy Reid, I'll take my chances. Next. Yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill is the only player over there that's used to that cold weather, though. Might be dangerous. Oh, that's the oh, thank you. That's another thing. Yeah, I mean, zero degrees with a minus fifteen at kickoff from wind chill. Yeah. That's the other part of this. Miami was gonna have the two seed warm weather. They didn't look like they wanted to tackle Josh Allen in sixty degree weather on Sunday night. Good luck tackling Isaiah Pacheco in negative fifteen. <laughs> have fun with that, fellas. Next. All right, so you've been super high on the Cowboys all season and still have them making the Super Bowl. But your surprise NFC pick was the Rams. I think we're going to show a tweet for those watching on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so that that was the the layout. Um, <clears throat> is the only reason you have L.A. going so far is because there's no chance that Dallas can beat San Francisco? No, it's – listen, I think that that could be a really tough matchup for the Niners. Divisional opponent. The Rams have been, if we were to, so why right now do people other than me think the Chiefs are super vulnerable because of how they finished the year, 5-5 five and five in the final 10? The Rams are 7-1 and one over the second half of the season, and the one loss was in overtime to Baltimore, a Baltimore team that's kicking the teeth in of everybody. The Ram, That's the Rams' only loss. The Rams beat the Niners in the playoffs a few years ago with Stafford playing quarterback. I think there is a chance of a little bit of rust factor for Brock Purdy Purdy, having the bye and sitting out this past week. I also think you're not going to blow out this, this Rams team. And if you're in a close game late, I don't know that I trust Purdy at all. So I just think for the Rams, this is uh, it's also why I thought it was a mistake for the Niners to not try harder in that game in week 18. If the Niners had won that game, the Rams would have dropped to the 7 seed. That would have meant it's Rams Cowboys in round 1. I think everybody would agree with me that right well maybe Lions fans wouldn't, but after the Niners the the two best teams in the conference, my opinion, are clearly Dallas and then the Rams. By losing that game to the Rams, the Niners, I don't, I don't want to say guaranteed, but set it up to where they're probably going to have to beat both of them. The Rams in round two and the Cowboys in round three, if you think like I do, that the Rams are going to beat Detroit. And so... I, yeah, I think the Rams can go to San Francisco and win. I think McVay, 
who hasn't had regular season success against Shanahan, will be ready for what they've got cooked up there. And I think that then Dallas, of course, does get to host the playoffs the rest of the way. But I'll tell you right now, if it's a Cowboys-Niners-NFC title game in San Francisco, I'll go with Dallas. The I, the I I'll believe Brock Purdy's playing in the Super Bowl when I see him in the Super Bowl. All right, last. All right, that was a perfect setup for this next one. Um, yeah. The playoffs on the line. Trevor Lawrence could not get the job done against Tennessee. Um, yeah. So you were right about him in that second half of the playoff game versus Brandon Staley last year, but have been pretty much wrong about him for the uh, remainder of the time. Uh, do you do you want to finally just admit that he's bad? Like, what's I I, I can't I don't he's want to bad. hear you talk about Trevor Lawrence. So anymore, you think honestly. he's bad? So hold on, you think <laughs> I, he's bad? I do think that I think that his team's not winning. I think that I've placed a couple bets on him and I've watched the games and drop after drop, uh, turnover after turnover after turnover. He might be worse than Josh Allen with the turnovers. I don't know what the ratio is, but um, yeah, okay. man. Trevor Lawrence all right, not let good. me add some common sense to this real quick. And right? he looked like a franchise quarterback in college, unlike Jalen Hurts. The, okay, let me let, let me just add some common sense to this. Trevor Lawrence, what's the story? Let me ask you this, Demonte. What's the story of the NFL season? What is uh, it? quarterback play? Uh, all the quarterbacks getting injured. <clears throat> there you go. You nailed it. Quarterback injuries. That's the story of the Jag season two. Now, I'm not going to let Trevor off is the not hook. The story, but I is that not going, the story for Jalen Hurts as well? I am I am going to uh, – well, it might be. That's why I said there's concern. I didn't say it's over. The, let's stay where we're at right here for a moment. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags were 8-3 and three with a lead against Cincinnati to get to 9-3 and three on Monday Night Football. Up to that point in the season – Trevor had 3,000 yards passing, 68% completions, a low touchdown-interception ratio, 14 touchdowns to 7 picks, and a 94 rating. A somewhat disappointing year when I expected him to take an MVP leap, but the Jags were a good team that were clearly going to win their division, host another playoff game, maybe get as high as the 3 seed, and see what they could do. In that football game, Trevor Lawrence got injured. He then got injured again when he came back from the injury when he shouldn't have. From that moment forward, after being 8-3 and three going into that game, he did not win another game, and in the final four games of the year, after having 14 touchdowns to 7 picks, had 7 touchdowns to 7 picks, and after having a 68% completion percentage, it dropped to 60. A 94 passer rating dropped to 74. So, what happened to the Jags is their quarterback got hurt. That's very simple. Now, that is true. Here's what's also true. He needed to be better when he was healthy. Trevor had a disappointing year this year. The Jags had a disappointing year this year. Trevor was brutal in that Titans game. There's no way around that. Now, do I think he was healthy? Obviously not. But even when he was healthy, his lack of ball security is a huge problem. The fumbles are a problem. The red zone mistakes are a problem. For a guy that I thought would end this year 
as a consensus top five quarterback, even if he never got hurt, he never approached that level. So is the collapse of the team on him? In my opinion, no, he got hurt. But even outside of the collapse, did he have a disappointing year? Absolutely. Does this make you reevaluate whether or not he is a no doubt can't miss superstar? Oh, it has to. This is a bit of a wasted year. And this is another wasted so, year for Trevor. This is the first well, I don't year know about Yeah. I mean, the first year there, there the, was there was the, the year before wasn't it before last year? As you said that he that was his rookie. Year. Just, right. This is his rookie. Kind of just sat. He played three years. Right. No, he never sat. I mean, he played the whole year. Um, listen, I the I think that people have uh unfairly maligned last season for Trevor, and they have absolutely like twisted themselves in knots to all of a sudden make the four touchdown comeback in the playoffs something other than an all-time great performance. Like the idea of like, oh, but he dug them in the hole. That's the story of every great postseason comeback. Teams don't get down 20-plus points Without the only time I can think of a team getting down 20 plus points in a playoff game early enough to where they can come back from it and it not involving massive quarterback mistakes is when the Chiefs were down 24 nothing to the Texans because they had a, a punt, re- a kick return fumble, a, a, another fumble, and all of a sudden it's 24 nothing. Brady's Super Bowl comeback, there was the pick six. The Andrew Luck 27-point comeback against the Chiefs, he had, I think, three uh, interceptions early in that game. Like, that's how these comebacks happen. The quarterback usually makes a bunch of mistakes and then rallies them back. Otherwise, you can't get down three or four scores with enough time left to come back unless someone has made some grievous errors. With all that said, he didn't play well enough this year. Now, I don't look at this as just an unmitigated collapse because there is a clear line of demarcation. We all saw him get folded on Monday Night Football, hobble to the locker room, and be a different player after that, and after that suffered two more injuries, a head injury and a shoulder injury. We all saw that, but even without that, he needed to be better. And all of a sudden, when... Going into this year, you had a very clear top four quarterbacks in the AFC of Mahomes, Lamar, Burrow, and Allen. You can argue about the ranking. My thought was, and that's just the AFC, Trevor would cement himself in that group. Instead, a different AFC quarter, AFC South quarterback probably did in C.J. Stroud. And, and that's in his own division. So that's where we're at on Trevor Lawrence. And... Is it possible that he's not going to be as great as I believed he was going to be coming out of Clemson? It's possible. Do I think his story is written? Unequivocally not. Quick break right back. What's right? (laughs) 
What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook or clean up make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for head to factormeals.com slash nick right 50 and use code nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code nick right 50 at factormeals.com slash nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active Welcome back. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 206. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Winter can be a drag. Thankfully, we have sports to get us through the early part of the year. And if you ask me, nothing goes together like football and sports, or I'm sorry, food and sports, food and football. You guys know what I'm saying, especially this time of year. You got the NFL playoffs. You have pro basketball. And I'm going to be just sitting watching them all until the weather finally gets warm. And the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards, whether watching your team with other fans at a local restaurant or in the comfort of your own living room. Earn four times the points when you dine out or have food delivered. You can order a pizza and watch it on the big screen TV of yours and earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you want to cook at home for the game. And if you're willing to brave the elements, 
Getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth 200 bucks if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Live every day your way. Limited time offer, credit or an issuer of this card's US Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, Demonze, let's get right to it. Let's play our game today. Likely, maybe, and what if. Go ahead. Yeah, so first off, we got uh, the commanders. Uh, Ron Revere is out with the most cap space, the number two pick, and the Warriors architect Bob Myers coming in to lead the way. Washington is arguably the best coaching job in football. Will the commanders turn it around next year? Or soon? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no. First of all, I disagree with the premise. I think the, I think the best coaching vacancy should be Chicago's, but maybe they're going to make a mistake and keep Eberflus. Uh, but I mean, you have the number one pick, just as much money, better players, more picks, all that stuff. The likely next move for the Commanders is they draft the wrong quarterback at two. I mean, that's just kind of like what their history is. I, I'm sorry, Commanders fans. I don't, the, I'm not rooting for it, but that is the likely, uh, likely next move. Maybe they saw enough from Eric Bieniemy this year, getting whatever he could out of Sam Howell. They make him the next head coach and, Pair him with Jaden Daniels at number two, and maybe you're cooking with something. Now, I'm not sure if Jaden Daniels is going to be a great player, but I like his upside more than Drake May. And then the what if is, of course, uh, that they hire Belichick, but I don't want to see Bill Belichick coaching the commanders. And I don't think if you're going to draft a young quarterback, I would not hire Bill Belichick. I would want to have a chance for my young quarterback to pair with a coach that's going to be together for 10 years, not a three-year thing like Belichick would be. All right, next. All right. Uh, so the Falcons. The Falcons sent Arthur Smith packing after that blowout. That's uh, yeah. They need a quarterback, and they have the, pit, the eighth yeah. overall pick. What happens in Atlanta? I think the likely thing is they trade for Justin Fields. I think that is what makes sense. You trade the 40th pick or whatever their second round pick, it's going to write 39, 40, 41 for Justin Fields, and you pair him with all that talent you have. You put him in Atlanta uh, on that turf, and you go, and you see if he can be the best quarterback in that division. Maybe they sign Russell Wilson on the cheap and try to do that, the, the what if that I would be concerned about is that they are the su- team that signs Jimmy Garoppolo when he gets cut by the Raiders. <laughs> and uh, that would be my concern if I were them. Now, the I guess it's possible they take the fourth quarterback off the board, but I wouldn't want to do that. There's two, like the, I guess it's probably Michael Penix, maybe Bo Nix. I wouldn't want either one of them. 
you know, with a top 10 pick. So I think they should trade for Fields, low risk, high reward. Signing Russell Wilson is not a terrible idea. Um, but the Jimmy G is going to play, going to trick someone into giving him some money. <laughs> All right, next. All right, the Patriots might part ways with the GOAT coach this week. Uh, Mike Vrabel has been rumored to be interested. What happens next yeah. for the Patriots coaching situation? Oh, for the Patriots? No, for Belichick. Yeah, I, I think the most likely outcome is that he comes back and they sign Russell Wilson. Like, okay. I think that is, I, I, I think that works for everybody. The defense is really good and going to get its two best players back. They, I, I don't know that they have a surefire slam dunk hire to make. If they're, they're sitting at three, so they might not be able to draft the quarterback they wanted. Like, you can stay there, draft Marvin Harrison, sign Russell Wilson, and try to start from there. Maybe, uh... For, for Belichick, maybe, you know, the Eagles flame out, fire Nick Sirianni, and he goes there. That's a job that would be attractive. Super attractive for Bill. He would get Shula's record. It's a marquee franchise. He doesn't have to leave the Northeast. You have all these studs on defense. You have great wide receivers. All of it. The what if... What and I've said retires? this before. This is Nora. No, no chance he retires. He's, he's chasing he that needs, record. He wants Shula's record. There's no chance he retires. The what if is what if the Packers beat the Cowboys in round one? And Jerry Jones says, out of here, McCarthy. Could he? Listen, people are like, ah, Belichick would never work for Jerry Jones. His mentor, Bill Parcells, did. Jimmy Johnson did on a short-term thing it could work. So I think the likely is he's what I don't think he's going to do is go coach the Falcons. I just don't think that's going to happen. The Belichick and I don't think he's going to go to the West Coast and coach the coach the Chargers. So I I I don't think those things are going to happen. All right, next. So Jordan Love led the Packers to the playoffs in a do or die game versus the Bears. So I'm just going to come mm-hmm. on the podcast and say this now. Jordan Love is my guy. You got Trevor Lawrence. And okay, right deal. now. No problem. That's okay. fine. Let's check in on that in five years. But go ahead. That's fine. Oh, okay. All That's right. Fine. Sounds good. Have- this, this, this isn't just the youngest team in the league. It's the youngest team to make the playoffs ever. What's the future in Green Bay? Uh, it's likely Pretty good, much. not great. No, no. I mean, it's likely good, not great. I don't the I don't think I think they need to essentially rebuild the defense. But those young receivers have come on and Jordan looked really really good this year. Especially the second the second half of this year he looked really really good. So I you know I'll give him credit. Maybe the Packers did it again and it's their third straight for superstar franchise quarterback. I think that is unlikely but it's on the board, and he had a better first season with Green Bay than Rodgers did as far as first season as the starter. So you've got to at least the last believe that's that possible. The, and then the, the what if is 
what if next year they're the worst team in the division? Because it's on the board. I'm not saying I'm picking it. But the Lions, you have no reason to think that they are going to collapse. The Vikings, you feel like, should have been really good this year with Cousins. They were mediocre this year with four other quarterbacks. And the Bears are about to get Caleb freaking Williams. So I don't, it wouldn't be they bottom out next year. It would be that 7 and 10 is last place in the NFC North. Like, that is at least on the, you know, on the wheel of possibilities. All right, last one. Yo, last one. Draymond Green is back in the area. He's in the Warriors facility. Yeah. Uh, he said that. He and Adam Silver, he and Adam Silver had, had a chat. He told Adam Silver that he was thinking of retirement. Adam Silver told him not to do that. It would be a rash decision. Are you buying this? All right, we're not going to do likely maybe what if on this. We're just going to talk about this for a minute. Uh do you know what this There was once upon a time a long time ago when Demonze was a teenager. Demonze got in trouble. And like 30 minutes later, he was walking downstairs with a duffel bag. And he's like, I just, I'm leaving. He was like, I'm out of here. That's what this was, Demonze. Draymond Green's like, wait, what? I you're you know, oh, you're telling me I can't punch, kick, and hit people? I'll just quit. I, this is this is like the wild said it in uh, yesterday in his office to me. He's like when it's gr- you ground your ten year old and he's like I'm running away. It's like buddy, just go to your room for a little bit. Like shut, give me a break, give me a break. Um, this is. This, I really don't. I I'm mean, not gonna lie. I really don't like that guy. I really don't. like I know that guy. you don't. I, I don't I, like him. It's, it's, I, I, I know you don't, but this idea of, okay, I'll just quit. Give me a break. You were never retiring, Draymond. It's too, he's saying it's too much for him. Like, that'd be like, I'd feel like Stephen, Stephen Curry should be saying that right now. It's you. You're, you're what's too much. What do you mean? Well, and and it's just, it is, it is Cunningham should have that perspective right now. It's just so ridiculous, man. And sorry if the anecdote I told embarrassed you. I didn't mean to, but I think every teenager's done something like that. Be like, you know what? I'm out of here. Forget you guys. Um, but it's just such like a, it's it's the basketball version of the like someone who's in a relationship, and every time they get in a fight, it's like we broke up. It's like, well, you did. You did. like again? It's just very childish stuff, and. I the I don't want to be unfair to Draymond, but the I also I also by the way, if I may, kind of nailed that this whole indefinite suspension was just a nice way of saying ten to fifteen games. Remember, like remember when the story came out, people were like, "Oh my goodness, how long is he going to be out for?" And I said, "Probably around ten games." They're going to call it indefinite. And this idea, like this is the, the, the idea that you had real issues that was causing this. And it was fixed in a month. Like, okay. I mean, I guess. I just, the, I, none of this really sits right to me. And I'm not big on this, like, 
pending redemption tour uh, that I'm sure we're about to be subjected to. I'm just not. Um, all right, so we're going to do something that we haven't done before. We're going to do public defender, but you guys are going to decide uh, who I'm defending here. So Demonze, uh, this has to do with the Saints-Falcons game and the Saints you know, going on their own to score a touchdown of the victory formation. Who are the three options for who I could be the public defender for, Demonze? All right, chat. So you got Jameis Winston, first off, for going rogue. Secondly, you have mm-hmm. Dennis Allen for being soft and not wanting to get his guy a touchdown at the late at the end. Yep. Of the, then you got Arthur Smith for being a crybaby. Let us know what okay. you guys want so to do you guys, in the poll. Yeah, in the chat, just put in Winston, Allen, or Smith, and I'll defend whomever you guys pick. We'll, we'll, or there's a poll. Pardon me. Um, and so answer that poll in the chat. We'll do that, and then we'll, you can also put some of your questions in the chat, and we'll do that in the next segment. Quick break, right back. What's right? All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright? So, Demonze, who has the audience chosen that I should be the public defender for on this? Because the there's audience. very different approaches that I would take for each client. Go ahead. So the audiences seem to go. We've got sixty-two percent for James James Winston right now. Okay, so let me give what my quick defense of Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen would have been. For Arthur Smith, if if I'm his attorney, it's very simple. Uh, buddy, you want to run up the score? Go ahead and run up the score, but you put your guys in kneel down formation. And there is an understood courtesy played by the defense when the offense is in kneel down, which is that we don't hit your players. Greg Schiano years ago had his guys hit people during kneel down formation. Everyone hated him for it. Said it was unsafe and everybody stopped doing it. So if you're going to go in kneel down formation and take our courtesy of we're not playing defense, you can't then do the okie doke. And I'll tell you what's going to happen next time. A team, your team or another's in kneel down. Someone's going to remember this and they're going to light somebody up and everyone's going to be like, why'd you do that? And so that's why I was angry. If you want to run a real football play and run up the score, so be it. So that is the defense if I were Arthur Smith. Uh, If I'm Dennis Allen for not wanting Jamal Williams to get a touchdown. Guys, I understand you guys are thinking about Jamal getting a touchdown. I, I understand that. I am thinking about the fact that Arthur Smith, in about nine hours, is going to be fired. And probably knows this is... The last game he's ever coaching as a head coach in the NFL. Deep down, he knows he's probably not getting another job. He's going to have to go back to being a coordinator maybe a decade from now he does. I don't want his final moment uh, coaching to be us running up the score on it. It's not the way we should do things. I know it's a rivalry. We've already whooped him. We are going to pay this man a courtesy. That's the defense of Dennis Allen. 
Now, the defense of Jameis Winston. I'm Jameis Winston's attorney, and I'm here to tell you guys, bleep you. I don't need a defense. You guys don't have the jurisdiction to try my client. I don't know if you've checked his contract. He's a pending free agent, and he ain't coming back to this rinky-dink franchise anyway. You know why? You guys signed him with the promises that he would get a chance to succeed uh, to succeed Drew Brees. And then when he you gave him the opportunity, he actually played well. And then you went with Derek Carr. I'm sorry, you went with Taysom Hill and Derek Carr. And my guy, who all the teammates love, can't get on the damn field. So no, I'm not, I'm not saying I even need a defense for Jameis Winston. I'm saying Jameis Winston's the hell out of here. And in his last moment as a New Orleans Saint, he did something for his buddy Jamal Williams. Because there's a hell of a better chance he plays again with one of these guys who's on the Saints right now than he plays for this team. This team that jerked him around, never gave him a fair shot. So he's like, it's like a diplomat is speeding down the street. You can pull me over all you want. Can't do nothing to me. What are you going to do? Cut me faster? No, my contract's up. My client's contract's up. He doesn't need a defense. He was helping out his guys. He doesn't care what Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen with his career 35 winning percentage thinks of him. Who cares? Bleep you. All right. There's public defender for the day. Chat questions quickly. Chat questions. John Hawkins. Raiders fan here. Should we keep Antonio Pierce or go after Harbaugh or Gruden? Gruden? I assume Gruden's a mistake. You can't rehire John Gruden. The homophobic racist I, emails just because they were a few years ago, you're going to hire his brother? You're not hiring Gruden. Harbaugh, um, you fired the guy for something he did. You can't now bring him back. By the way, he wasn't that good. <laughs> um, Harbaugh would be great. If you can't get Harbaugh, keep Antonio Pierce. He'll, he won't be Guys that expensive. Him. The players seem to love him. They played hard for him. They played well. See what he can do. Next. Austin Hackett asks, what do you think the Steelers should do to take the leap this offseason at quarterback? You know, assuming Mason Rudolph doesn't go on a deep playoff run. <laughs> no, you're just cooked. I mean, just you're in no man's land. going to have like the 20th pick of the draft. I don't know what you do. You don't want to sign Russell Wilson. You just, what do you do? You could be the team that tries to trade for Justin Fields, I guess. But I want Justin Fields indoors, personally. I want him in good weather indoors. Um, That's fair. And so, I don't know. I don't have a fix for you at quarterback. It ain't tiny hands, Kenny Pickett, tell you that much. Next. Uh, Luke Schubert said, Nick, is there a player that is not in the NFL Hall of Fame that you think should have been included? Well, there's a, bu- there's a handful. But the one that I think is going to keep being on the outside looking in from contemporary times is Andre Johnson. Now, I think Jamal Charles was a Hall of Fame-level player, but he doesn't have the numbers to back it up, and he's not going to get in. Andre Johnson was the a top-two wide receiver in the league for a half decade uh, with terrible quarterbacks his whole career. Uh, I think he should definitely get in before a bunch of these other receivers who might get in ahead of him. Uh, go ahead, Demonze, Jacob, this is for you. Or, Demonze, this is for you from Jacob. Yeah, uh, Jacob M. asks, uh, Demonze, what is your ranking on which team is going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, My AFC pick would have to be the Ravens, obviously. Uh, Second pick in the AFC would have to be the Browns. NFC East would be the Cowboys or 
San Fran. You said NFC obviously. East. You just mean NFC. Or, no, not NFC East. Just NFC. Sorry. Um, so, so yeah, so what's Ray, your Super I got Bowl pick right now. My Super Bowl pick right now is Ravens. Over who? Over call it the San Fran. So the kind of want to say Cowboys. Yeah, good no, wait, good you, wait, what did you say? Surprise! I wait the two number one seeds. Way to go out on a limb. Uh, I'm surprised you're not rolling with your Packers. You said you're a Jordan Love guy now. Uh, the uh, producers ask: Is Jake is Jake Browning a day one starter next year? He'll be in a quarter. What's his contract? Hold on. I think so. Hold on, Jake. Yeah, I mean no. So if if you're the Oh, no, so he's an exclusive rights-free agent, so that means they get to keep him. No, if you're the Bengals, you can't trade him. Joe Burrow's an injury risk. Great player, injury risk. You got to keep Jake Browning. You just have to. You got to keep Jake Browning. And Jake Browning, yeah, never mind, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, you got to keep... destroying so no, me I in Madden tra- 24. Who's been? Jake, Jake Browning. Browning? Yeah, because you play with the Ravens and you run that rinky-dink offense, and you think you people you're gonna you're gonna play little kids who don't understand how to. Depend I saw I saw your record on NFL 24, dude. I don't think you should be talking. What right do you now. mean? I haven't even played it. What are you talking you, about? Well, you've got 21 games played. You're like a you're like 11 and 10 or 10 and 11. Okay, do you have? Okay, the, well, that was you're probably lying? when you were here. Oh, I'm not sure. The, no, no, no. The I don't even think I have the new one. So maybe okay. I do. Maybe I played it right when it came out, and I don't remember. I mean, I trust you. If you say you saw my record, I also don't have access to my account anymore. Your sister wrecked it for me. Your baby sister, not even Diora. Your baby sister (laughs) logged me me in, out of my account, trying to watch some stupid show, and now it's sending a two-factor authentication to a phone I don't even have anymore. Such a disaster. I can't even play. All right, good show, everybody. Uh, You can see me on, listen, my show starts at 3. You can watch that. In between that, uh, if you're watching sports TV... You can watch, I'll be on with Colin. You can watch Colin talk some college football national championship, some playoff stuff, or you can hear an increasingly unhinged guy lob accusations, uh, you know, at international celebrities. You know, your choice on what you want to watch this afternoon. I'll see you guys at three. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.